Hey friends, welcome to Still With You. My name is Coley Browning and I am the host of this podcast, a little space for sharing gold, inspiring stories about the faithfulness of God. He is still with us. He never lets go. He never gives up. And that is why I just can't stop talking about it. And I love that I'm able to bring friends on the show who are able to speak life and truth and share it with all of you. That is why we are here for the glory of God to give him all of the praise and to help each other out. Speaking of help, have you ever been afraid to ask for help? Maybe you need to, but you don't know how. Do you feel like you're burning out or craving a dose of loving truth to refresh and encourage you? A few weeks ago, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with my church family at Liberty Church downtown alongside four of my dear friends, Pastor Todd and Becca Caroline, Sarita Johnson, and Sagar Kapoor. You might remember hearing Pastor Todd and Becca's story on episode 54. Go back and listen to that if you haven't had a chance. They are an amazing couple for the kingdom. On this episode of Still With You, I am sharing the conversation that we had a few Sundays ago. Help and helping you in specific topics that you might be afraid to ask for, you might not realize that you needed advice for, but I believe that no one meets with a motivating friend, tends a church service, or listens to an episode of a podcast by accident. You are here for a reason, and I believe God will meet you right where you are and deliver the genuine help and guidance that your heart has been longing for. Even if a few of the topics shared don't seem relevant to you, keep listening because I know that there is something here for you or even something that you can glean and go share with a friend. I want to thank Pastor Todd and Becca and the Entirety Liberty Church downtown team for inviting me to share what I have learned with God and seeking His help. Friends, if you live in the Pensacola, Florida region, and are searching for home, Liberty Church downtown is the most fun, safe, and loving place to grow closer to Jesus and in community. Make sure you connect with Liberty on social media and take a Sunday to visit Liberty Church downtown. We would love to meet you and I have all of the information for you in the show notes of this episode. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me and I would love to help you like the title of this amazing series. If you need to reach me, you know where to find me coleybrowning.com or you can find me on social media the music that you're listening to right now is from our friend lily gray this is her song lifted from her album it's all beautiful right here make sure you connect with her on social media at lily gray or visit her website lilygray.com we are always so grateful for her sharing her beautiful music with us she is such a gift friends i love you i'm thankful for you and i hope these words empower and equip you god is for you not against you. Please enjoy my conversation with four of my closest friends in my Liberty Church downtown family. Well, good morning. How's everyone doing? Come on. Well, welcome to Liberty Church today. So glad you guys, anybody glad to be alive today? All right, come on. All right, a few of us are at least. And so, Man, I'm so glad to be here with you today. My name is Todd. I'm one of the pastors at Liberty Church, and, and I get the honor and privilege to be at our downtown campus, and just so uh, excited to be here. I'm excited about this series and uh, what we're doing, and so how's everyone doing up top? Y'all doing good up there? All right. Come on. Yeah, y'all are the quiet bunch today. They're like just waving at me. And uh, hey, uh, so we, last week we started a brand new series called Help. So who here has ever just prayed help before? All right. It's just like, it's like a go-to for me. It's like, help. All right. And so I forgot to dismiss junior high. 
Hey, if you're in junior high, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, you're dismissed now. And so can we give it up for all of our young people in the house? And, uh, and so last week we started this series called Help. And I really feel like this is something that is very needed. Who here would say you're very stubborn? Okay. How many of you guys would even raise a couple hands up? You can be very stubborn for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I think for some reason, asking for help can be very difficult. And I think there's a lot of reasons that may go into it. You know, maybe you feel bad asking for help. Whoever's felt bad, or maybe you feel needy, or maybe you feel ultimately like you're going to be rejected or shunned for asking for help. Or maybe, just maybe, you're so stubborn, you just want to do it your way, and you don't want to ask for help for any, from anybody else, because you want to do it your way. So last week, I, I, there's this phrase that we've used before, maybe you've heard, and I want this to kind of be the underlying theme of this series. And maybe even for life, it's this, is that asking for help is not a sign of weakness, but one of strength. That I think so many times people get this confused that they think that if I'm asking for help, it means I'm weak. But I'm here to tell you, I think it's the opposite. That there's, there's something inside of you that you're asking for help that shows strength. That maybe, just maybe, you don't know everything. And the reality is, I'm here to tell you today, is you don't know everything, okay? Go ahead and tell your neighbor. Just say, hey, neighbor, you don't know everything, but I do. Just kidding. Just kidding. Don't say that second part. Don't say the second part. We don't know everything. We don't know all the answers. It's just the truth. And so James chapter 1, verse 5, it says this. If anyone, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Say ask. You should ask God, which is asking him for help, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Then I love Matthew chapter 7. This is Jesus when he's talking about the power of an effective prayer, and it kind of digs in deeper. Seven and, for seven and eight, this is what it says. Keep on asking, say asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Say ask. It says keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open to you. So I think the key to all this, the key to life, is this thing called humility. That I think a lot of us maybe need to ultimately ask God help for. Say, God, I need some help to humble myself so that I can receive the help that I ultimately need. You know, we've talked about our feelings today. How many of you guys know that our feelings are some of the most influential things in our life? Would you agree? Yet, some of the most unreliable things. And so, so many times we dictate what we do and where we go and how we respond based on our feelings, yet they're some of the most unreliable things. So instead of reacting on our feelings, what if we go to God and, and ask for help? Or go to guidance that maybe God's put in your life, maybe a leader, a mentor, to seek the wisdom that he's granted to all of us freely for us to receive. I think ultimately it takes humility to ask for help. And so our goal and, and our heart for this series is to help all of us receive that. I love John Dixon. He wrote in his book, Humilitas, he says this, the most influential and inspiring people are often marked by humility. And so if we want to be influential, if we want to be inspiring, I think we need to have this, this characteristic, this attribute in our life called humility. And so last week, 
I, I, I hit four things to remember, and I want to hit these real quick, and, and we're going to do something a little different today. But the four things were, the, the first one is we have to remember who is who. That we've got to remember that God is God and that I am not. That this has got to be a staple in us. That no, 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 no. He is God and I am not. That we've got to let this sit in there that to answer that question, who is God and who I am, are very important questions. Then the second thought is we have to remember that I can't do this alone. One of my favorite uh, sayings, quotes, is an African proverb. It says, if you want to go quickly, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. That I think there's something that we've got to get this, have this conviction deep down that we can't do this alone. And the third thing is, is that we have to remember to stay connected to the right source. If you read John chapter 15, it says, apart from him, you can do nothing. You cannot produce fruit. So we've got to remember who is who. We got to, can't do this alone. We've got to stay connected to him. And the last thing is this, is that we have to always expect resistance. How many guys have ever had to that point where you're like, I need to ask for help. But then automatically you felt so much resistance from you receiving that help. Or even you asking, like you're ready, but you don't ask because you feel this resistance. And I'm here to tell you that the enemy absolutely hates you. The enemy does not want you to reach your full potential. He does not want you to find help. He doesn't want you to be the husband that you're called to be, the wife you're called to be, the son you're called to be, the daughter you're called to be, the man or woman of God that you're called to be. He does not want to see any of that come to fruition. But I'm here to tell you, you can become who God's called you to be, but you need help to get there. And so that's the underlying theme. And so today what I want to do is I was literally preparing for this message on Wednesday, and I just think it, kept thinking of all these different things to talk about. And so instead of having just one topic to talk about, I thought maybe what if we hit a bunch of topics? Like literally go down a few different phrases like help, I need help with this, or I need help with this, and just talk about it all. And so I've, I text a few of my friends, the close people that I trust and I respect, if they would join me on stage today, to help answer some of these questions. Are, you, are y'all cool with that? All right, can y'all do that? All right. And so I want to invite them out. Some of you guys, come on out. You can sit by me. Yeah. This is my wife, Becca. Can y'all give her a round of applause? All right. I uh, dragged her out of kids today. And, uh, and so, hey, I love these people. How many guys, do you know these people? All right. If not, I want you to meet these people, okay? Because I think you will love them. So I brought them up here for a reason. So we're going to start way down here in the end. I want you to share your name and maybe just a quick who you are. All right? Go for it. Uh, my name's Sagar Kapoor. Yeah. Appreciate the love. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am from North Carolina, and I've been here for about two years now. Um, and I coach basketball at Pensacola State College. Go Come on. Next. Hi, my name is Sarita. Um, I am the directors of our groups here, so if you don't have a group, I'm the person you talk to. (laughs) My name is Coley Browning. Um, My husband, Chris, and I moved from Missouri, and I'm a writer. I host a podcast. I also work in the Escambia County School District, but the military brought us here, so we're a military family. Come on. Hey, I'm Becca, as he already said. Thank you. 
I like you guys right here. Thanks for making us feel loved. I am Pastor Todd's wife. I stay home with our three wild boys. Well, I work part-time for the church as the kids director now, so. Yeah, she usually says, she's like, yeah, I'm the kids director, and I'm also Pastor Todd's wife. I'm like, oh, that's, I'm just an add-on, you know, is this what it is? And, uh, so, great job, you did good. Hey, so before we get started, uh, you know, one of the things that we've been talking about, uh, this is very serious, so we're going to dive straight in, okay, is an old email address, like one of your very first email addresses. How many of you guys had like one of those email addresses that you're saying? I want to hear those email it has addresses. That's to be embarrassing. Okay? We don't got time now, but uh, why don't you just go down if you have maybe your very first email address, even as young as you can remember, because I think they're awesome. So go for it. Mine is really good. Um, <laughs> mine was soggy cereals. At yahoo.com. At yahoo.com. At yahoo. I don't know if yahoo is still a thing, but. Soggy cereal. Soggy cereal. I love it. I was an elementary school teacher, and so mine was Teacher Sarita at yahoo.com. Teacher Sarita. Come on. So I grew up in the middle of rural Missouri, and I was in sixth grade, so I had a gaggle account that my teacher gave us, so it was like very EDU. Mine was country bumpkin girl at gaggle.net. <laughs> This is embarrassing. Todd actually calls me this all the time, which is what started this conversation. This um, is my favorite email, by the way. <laughs> it was, it's not even that bad. You guys, <laughs> it's, it was BeccaBaby812 at MSN. At MSN. At MSN. At MSN. <laughs> so he's like, hey, BeccaBaby812 at MSN.com. <laughs> So that's what we call each other now. And so, uh, hey, if you have one, tell me on your way out of church today. Oh, you want to hear mine? Mine's not too fun. It's tcgator10 at yahoo.com. Let's go. Let's go. That's actually pretty legit, all right? And uh, not saying y'all's weren't legit, sorry. Let's just kind of hit some of these. So I wrote down a few things, and I want to encourage you today that maybe all these may not speak to you right where you're at. But I'm here to tell you today, I want to encourage you maybe to receive it all because you never know, maybe you could help someone that's going through one of these situations. That maybe God's placed you here today to receive something so that you can take it to someone. Or maybe you're here today and you got to hear something. And so I really think this is important. So I, I want to pray and just kind of just set this tone and set this moment. And for the next 20 minutes, let's just dive into some of these and just allow the Lord to speak if we can and so we can receive it today. So Jesus, we thank you. For today, God, we thank you for this moment, this time that we have together. Thank you that we can come into this place, that we can worship you freely, God, that we can celebrate who you are and what you've done. I know in this room right now that there's so many people in different walks of life. There's people that have known you for a long time. There's people that are getting to know you. And there's people that maybe are, aren't even sure you're alive. And God, it's asked today that you would meet every single one of us, that you would speak to us, that you would open up our hearts, open up our eyes, our minds, our ears, God, that you would remove every single one of us from this moment right now and let your voice be heard in this place. Speak through us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So I, I just want to hit a few things. First, so I'm going to lay it out in phrases like help, I'm whatever, okay? So let's just start here. So help, I'm stuck spiritually. Maybe there's some people here that don't know what their next step is. Maybe they're unsure, like, is God even real? Like, what would you speak into that, um, maybe from personal experience, from what the Bible says? Help, I'm stuck spiritually. Like, what's next? Like, what do I do from here? Oh, okay. 
Sarah Stark told me a quote once that she loves from Francis Chan. It's that you are not a tree. And though we all love the metaphor of like, be rooted, be grounded, but it's true. Like you're not a tree. You have the ability to move and um, God wants you to move. I think that sometimes you just have to step out, out of your comfort zone and put yourself around people that you want to be like. I remember in college, I was with some friends and I really felt stagnant in my faith. And so I started attending a small group that met at 9 p.m. because <laughs> we were all college students. But it was such, just such an answer to prayer because we would just worship together. And the leader of that group, he was from Chicago and he, you could tell that like he probably had other better things to do, but he loved the Lord so much. And that's like what fed my fire that I was like, he was so intentional to go after the one. And that's exactly what Jesus does. So don't be afraid to break out of your shell. And I promise you, there are so many extroverted people in this world that if you're not, some will find you and they'll help you along. That's good. Very good. I was just thinking about Isaiah 40. Um, 31, where it says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings as eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I think a lot of times when we're stuck, there's usually one or two reasons. One is because we're trying to rush the process of what the Lord might've showed us what our life is going to look like. Or two, there's something that he's told us that we need to do and we're not doing it. So a lot of times we're stuck because one of those two reasons But if we just wait on him and let him work that his will out in us and to be obedient when he tells us to do things, then I think you start to walk out of that stuck zone. And you do. You start to mount up on eagles and you're able to fly and you're able to soar. Come on. That's great. That's good stuff. Powerful verse. Any other thoughts? Uh, I was going to say something practical is just like having people around you that you can talk to about um, about your faith, about your relationship with God, things that are going on with your life. And by doing that, it just, um, whether it's a phone call with a friend, uh, like I'm from North Carolina, so I'll make, I'll make phone calls back to my friends back home, and we'll just talk about Jesus and what's going on with our life. And that will just kind of help me like, go from being a place of being stuck to kind of figuring out an idea of like where God is wanting me to de- wanting me to be and then I can focus um, my prayers around that as well. That's great. That's good. That's good stuff. Uh, you got, you can well, one, one thing it's and I might have opportunity to share it later but um, like these are all super practical like t- getting around people but for me um, my soapbox is getting in the word on your own. And, um, and I know Todd talks about this a lot too, but I think it's also important to ask for help there. If, if you read your Bible and it's like doing nothing for you, it's going over your head, like ask someone for help. So I'm currently leading a group right now. That's like how to study your Bible, (laughs) you know, like super practical. Like, what does it look like to actually read the word and it come alive in, um, in your life and, and be able to apply what you're reading. So Um, I would say if you're not, if you're feeling stagnant in your faith, read the word. And, and if it's, if it still feels stagnant, keep reading it and then ask for help with how to do it. And, um, yeah, so that's great. That's good. Very good. Um, so what about, so if, if you're stuck, it's okay to ask for help, find a friend. Like I want you to know this is a safe place to ask questions. 
It's a safe place to have concerns, maybe even doubts. If you're doubting, I'm here. To, you're welcome here, okay? Yeah. And we want to make that known because everybody's on their own journey, and people take different routes to get to God, and that's totally cool. Um, the goal is to get them to God. That's what matters. So what about this? So say, help, I'm stuck in an unhealthy relationship. So maybe they're dating someone that maybe isn't spiritually sound, or maybe they even have a friend that is just unhealthy, that's, you know, is like a vampire. They just, like, just attach and suck the life out of them, drain them, you know, physically, mentally, across the board, or maybe even cause them to make not-so-good decisions. Like, they're stuck, and they, somehow they keep going back to that unhealthy relationship. What would you say to that? Um, my husband, Chris, and I, we lead the 11, 12th and college group. And I always tell, I always tell my girls, specifically my girls, that if you're in a relationship, and this truthfully can apply to a job, it can apply to a friendship, and it can apply to any environment that you feel like God is leading you out of. From my own experience, from what I've learned in my life, it's more painful if you stay and continue to just live in that unhealthy, toxic space than for that one moment of where you tear away and make the hard decision. Like, that hurts. It's awkward. It can be very messy. It's not fun. But if you stay, it just festers, and it grows worse. Cut the cancer out, you know. Um, And it's hard. Like, it's very hard. But I've also noticed that there has never been a time when God has pressed on me to leave or to change it up. He's never closed that door like, while also making me feel like I'd leave. He's done nothing but open doors. So I just, I used to kind of put it on myself, but I realized that I need to put more on him because he's the one who's calling me to do this. So, So I just was like, okay, God, you're saying that I need to change or move or do something. And so you're going to have to show me the way out. That's good. So I have a thought, you know, say maybe just maybe that person needed to cut off. They need something like that to for God to get their attention. Yeah. You know, maybe they're, you're dating in this, in this relationship and it's an unhealthy relationship because it's more relied on each other instead of relying on God. And so they need that wake-up call. And so maybe that could be some motivation. Because like, I know a lot of times you're like, well, I can't leave them because I'm their only stability in their life. First off, you're not stable enough, okay? <laughs> you're not strong enough. You're not good enough to be that cornerstone in their life. And so I think maybe just maybe, like, they need that wake-up call to say, hey, yeah. I need you to get healthy because I need to get healthy, and yeah. it's got to be a part. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Like, I think don't feel any shame because you are not the Messiah, okay? Yeah. Like, maybe your point in that life is to set that line, draw that line, and step back from it. And so, yeah. did you have anything to add? Sorry, I just felt like I needed to no, that. I do. Um... I was going to say, I think a lot of times when people stay in relationships, what I've seen is that their identity is wrapped up in that relationship instead of in who created them. And so I think a lot of, um, a lot of our issues can be solved with where's your, where do you identify yourself as? What is it that is, what defines you as a person? And, um, and so I'd say if you're feeling stuck in a relationship, look to see what defines you as a person. And anytime, like, God's brought me into a season, like, where he wants to reinvent me, it has been so much fun. Like, he showed me that I'm stronger than what I thought I was because I depended on him. And it just honestly has been, like, it's almost a refreshment. So I would say, like, what she's talking about, that if there is an identity, like, invite the reinventing with him. Right. That's great. That's good stuff. Anything to add? 
Are you good? So what about this? Um, help, I can't stop sinning. Like, to a sense of we're all sinners, right? We're all imperfect, but we continue to, like, just make that decision to keep sinning on that sin that we know we need help from, but we can't stop. Does that make sense? Because I'm not trying to say that, like, we're all falling short of the glory of God. But, like, maybe someone, if they're addicted to some, something, maybe even they're addicted to work. Like, they just work, 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 you know. Uh, maybe whatever it is, I mean, you can just fill in the gap. What would you say to someone that, uh, like, how can you encourage someone? Like, how can you bring hope into a situation? And, and I want you all to know this. None of us here are experts, all right? And, and so... Josh, no, you cracked me up. Um, my buddy's texting me just random stuff now. <laughs> and it's very funny. I might have to share some of it. Um, like, we're not perfect, so know that. But we want to help people. Like, that's our heart. Yeah. And, and I believe that that's our goal for today. So, so what is your thoughts on that? I help, I can't stop. Fill in the blank. I'll get started. Um, when it comes to work, uh, basketball is kind of a grueling business, especially at the college level. Uh, there's a lot of, like, 19, 20-year-old kids that uh, you're really trying to mentor and, and help them. And especially at the junior college level, um, academically, they, they might struggle. Uh, they might have some personal issues in their lives that you're just dealing with a lot of emotional stuff. Um, so, like, my job is to kind of help, like, coach their life as well. And um, I guess when it comes to work, my job is also to recruit and bring the best players in and coach basketball. So you can kind of get caught up in just working all the time. And um, I've gotten to a point where I, I work so much, like, that I got to a point where um, I was completely exhausted and I had nothing left in me to just pour into these guys. So these guys are coming to me nonstop for help, and I'm just, like, exhausted, and I'm getting snippy with them, um, and I just want nothing to do with them. And then that's where I'm like, okay, God, like, I really need you. I need your strength. Um, and I need, I need rest because um, you're going to be able to fill me with so much more. And when you fill me, then I can, I can pour into these young men and help them grow as well. That's great. That's good. Um, when I think of addiction, um, I think of, like, substance abuse. And a lot of times when people are dealing with substance abuse, it has to do because they're trying to cover up something. There's something that's in there, and they're trying to hide this hurt. Um, and so if that is you and you are here, I definitely would encourage you to, to look at Jesus, Come to on. seek him out. Um, the Bible tells us to cast all our cares on him. Right. And I, there's just nothing that he can't do. I've seen it where he's taken someone who's been addicted to substance abuse and he's turned their life around 360 where Come if on. you saw that person last year, you wouldn't know who they were this year. And so he is an awesome God. And I know sometimes it's hard for someone to say, and if you are that person who's dealing with it now, it's like, well, I've tried this and I've tried that. Um, but I say, if you just be patient and let him work it all out in you, he's able, he's able to work it all out and to make you that person that he sees you as. Because a lot of times I think when people deal with substance abuse, they see themselves as one way, but the way how he sees you is totally different. Um, so if you just cast all your cares on him, he's able. So let me rephrase that. So like help, how can I cast all my cares on him? Like, 
Like, what would you say to that? Because, I mean, that verse is great, but how do you practically do that? Because it sounds great, it reads great, you know, but sometimes, like, that's hard to do. Right, right. Um, That kind of goes along with what I was going to say was we all have something, right? You know, it may be hardcore addiction. It may be gossip. It may be fear. It may be whatever, shame that's just kind of holding us down. So we all have something that we struggle with, first of all. Um, And um, so first of all, I want to say especially, well, for anyone really, like I'm a huge advocate for counseling and therapy, like just talking it through with someone is huge. Like we need to end that stigma that that's only for people that have lost their minds. That is absolutely not true. We all have stuff that we need to talk through with someone. Um, even if you don't have a messy past, we all have things, hangups that we need to talk through with someone. Um, so first and foremost, that's huge. Um, especially a Christian counselor that's going to point you to Jesus and, but you know, using science and medication even sometimes is needed as well. Um, anyway, but as far as the casting your cares on, I was, I was just talking to a friend the other day about just life and about, you, you know, huge, huge issues that we all try to tackle. And we were just saying, man, sometimes it's just a moment by moment surrender, Right. It, you, we think, of course, salvation happens in an instant when we commit our life to Jesus. But oftentimes, it's, it's in the, like, just for this next minute, like, I'm surrendering it to Jesus. Like, I'm not worried about tomorrow, like, right now. Like, I have to get my mind right where I'm, where I'm laying that at, on him and not holding it on for myself. And I think we try, or at least for myself, try to tackle everything at one time. But sometimes it's like, okay, God, like, I'm just going to say no to this right now because I know that you've given me the power to say no to it Come for on. now and not worry about the rest of my life. We're just talking about this moment right now, That's you know? That's so. good. My advice is, you want something? Go yeah, ahead. I was going to piggyback off of that, actually. Um, where I got a Bible verse here, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 through 14. And, you know, she's talking about, um, like, just talking, talking it through. And I really think it's important to talk it through with God. And when she's talking about surrendering, like, get in prayer, get in your quiet time with God and actually, like, cry out to right. God and Come say, on. hey, God, yeah. like, this is what I'm struggling with. Like, take these burdens off of me. Yeah. Um, and First Corinthians 10, 13 through 14, it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. That's great. That's good. That was kind of along the lines of what I was going to mention. It's okay to like, God already knows your thoughts. He knows your questions. He knows your doubts. He knows it all. And so I think sometimes it's literally crying it out, like speaking it out. Like, God, I... I don't get this. Like, why is this happening? And I think that's totally fine. But I would also say maybe a practical way to cast your cares is to replace can't with can. Like, I can say no, or I can stop this. I can make decisions that will adjust this. And and I think even just adjusting that word a little bit makes a huge difference mentally, physically, and then following up with your actions. I think it all ties in together. And so I want a few more because we're – we're almost out of time, and, uh, and so y'all want to, let me read you what, um, I can't read that one, no, just kidding, <laughs> not, not good, I thought I said something else, <laughs> um, 
let's just hit this. Help, I'm trying to live for God in a secular setting. So maybe some people, they're, they work in a place that maybe is not, you know, biblically sound. A lot of people work in secular places, maybe even in their family. Like, they're the only believer in their family. So they, they're trying to live this faith, and they go home to their, and then it's totally different than, what would you say to that? How can you help them with that? I would first say that you need to look at it as um, a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. I have noticed that I fail a lot more when I'm in secular environments. I tend to be more negative. I tend to be grumpy. Um, I tend to bring that home with me and be a lot more stressed. Again, like that sin that I am doing. But at the same time, like I do acknowledge the resistance and that the enemy does love to use um, places that don't openly say the name of Jesus like as a playground. And so you have to realize that you're going into a place where um, it's war. Um, So give yourself grace because you will fail, but also God will give you the perseverance to keep going. And in terms of building relationships, um, I love what Carl Lentz from Hillsong, New York talks about. It talks about the long game with people. And I try to do this since I heard about it. And it's basically like, okay, when I meet someone who doesn't know Jesus, I'm not going to cram scripture down their throat. I'm not going to tell them my testimony. I'm not, I mean, like if the Lord calls you, I mean, do it obviously, (laughs) but, um, I want to listen to them. I want to hear where they're from. I want to know the names of their family. Um, I just want to hear how they're doing. And you know what? If God opens up a door for me to talk about him, that's awesome. But if not, like I believe that the Holy spirit is ebbing out of me and that I'm so close to Jesus that I just want them to get a taste of him. Come Come on. So, so just play the long game with Come people. On, that's so good. Very good. I think people definitely see your fruit. And so when you are in those, those environments where you are the only one, people are looking at you Come on. because they want to know who Jesus really is. And a lot of times we might go into those environments and we put on a different facade because of maybe some way how we think that a Christian should look or be. But what people really just want is someone who's going to be real with them, who's going to look at them, and who's going to love them, and just be like, you know what, I'm here with you, I'm going to walk it out. If you have any questions, I'll be that person, but I'm not here to cast judgment on you. I'm not here to tell you what you can't do, what you shouldn't do. But what I am here is to be an example of who Christ is and what he's done in my life, how he's delivered me, and he's been the redeemer. And so I think a lot of times when we do go into those environments, we do have to set those boundaries. So then we know where we are and focus on not swaying one way or swaying another way, but just coming in and just being him. Um, And I I definitely agree you have to go into those environments prayerful um, so that you can make sure um, that you're ready for whatever is to come that you are to handle during those times. Come on. Very good. Um, Well, I'm actually the only Christian in my entire family. Um, I have an Indian family, and they've been... uh, They've been engulfed in, in Hinduism, um, and it's just been it's been different for me. But um, I believe my family is going to be saved at, at some point. Come and on. Um, on. for me, it's just really important just to like sow seeds into my family. I've had plenty of conversations where I'm not ever pushing Jesus on anybody, um, but like even with my mother, I'll indirectly speak the Bible to my mom, and she'll agree with it every single time. Um, and so I always tell my mom, I always tell my friends, like, my mom's a Christian. She just doesn't know it yet. Come on. Um, Come on. So uh, as far as, like, 
showing my family, um, like my thing is trying to show and display Jesus in, in every aspect of my life. Um, the background on my, on my phone is actually the fruits of the Spirit. So one of my constant prayers is like, um, Jesus, like show show these fruits in and through my life um, so that every person that I come in contact with is able to see you and know you. So I, I try to sow those seeds of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in my family, um, in my work environment, with my players, um, everywhere I go. Come on. Very good. So good. I have two things I want to say. Um, one is that, yeah, absolutely, I think our actions speak louder than words, like we've all kind of said, is you're making more of an impact than you realize you are in people's life. The way that you handle frustration, the way that you handle criticism, the, you know, usually it's the, in those tough moments, and like Coley said, you're going to fail, and that's okay. Um, but I think people are watching, and they see, they see that you handle things differently. But also, we're in a little different situation, so I'm going to kind of flip this a little bit, if that's okay, in that, like, Todd's a pastor. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Like, we're not surrounded by... Our whole families are Christians. So we have to be we a little more intentional to, serve, to make sure that we're not getting a little too comfortable in our church world, right? And so I want to encourage you guys. Like, we kind of make try to make a point that we're surrounding ourselves and our kids around people that aren't... And our kids even go to Christian school, which is awesome. Like, I believe that's important for them to be fed that. But, like, at the same time, we don't want to become callous to, or, or just in our own Christian bubble. You know what I mean? So I think it's intent. It's also, we have to be intentional to that. We're surrounding ourselves with people that don't look like us, that don't think like us. And, um, for us. So what I was going to say was, you know, God may have you in a situation where you think you're going to go in and speak truth to something, but he's in fact actually doing something in your own heart. And so more than anything, yeah, we want to share Jesus with people, but I don't want to become, you know, white noise to people. And I want to be able to relate to people that have never walked into a church before. And if you're never around anyone besides church people, you're not going to be able to do that. I just believe God does stuff in your heart as well. That's awesome. Very good. Well, as we kind of wrap it up for, you know, today, and uh, and wasn't that great? Did y'all enjoy that? You know, uh, I, I appreciate you guys just going with the flow. And so you're like, we had no choice. And you're like, um, but maybe as we kind of finish this up, is there anything that you maybe feel like the Lord has put on your heart to share today to all of us? You know, um, maybe something that he's been speaking to you that you want to just let us kind of be encouraged by it. Um, well, I'll share what I shared in pre-service rally because I think it's very um, fitting. It's 2 Corinthians twelve nine, And this is like my life first. <laughs> and it's he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. And like, I am just so comforted in that, that we can not only fall short, the way that we fall short, our weakness actually allows God's power to be made perfect, right? So he can actually move more when we show our weakness, when we show that we're, we need help, when we're like, I'm not doing a good job, I'm, things are falling through the crack. And he's like, hey, this is where I can shine the best. So there's an encouragement today is that 
It's, we're all going to fall short. We all need help. And come guess on. what? That's the way God designed it to be. Come on. I had no idea that she was going to share that this morning, um, but I was praying last night and I can be a little extra sometimes what I pray for. So I'm like very specific, um, but I was asking with, I was talking with the Lord and I felt like he was saying that there's some of you on this room who are so fatigued of fatigue that you don't know how to cry anymore. And he loves your weakness. Like she, Becca was saying, I'm not going to say it as eloquently as she did. But I believe that this afternoon or this week, God's going to release those tears. Come on. And it is a beautiful thing to cry with him. I mean, Jesus wept. And so it's a practice. And um, I feel like that's going to happen for some of you all. And to know that that's okay. And that it's a beautiful thing. There's no shame in um, just sitting and weeping before the Lord. Come on. Come on. So be open to it and know that your tears are not, it's not an empty well. So good. When I was thinking about this series and I was thinking about the word help, and a lot of times we are, um, it's hard for us to ask for help when we need help because we think that it does make us look weak when we ask for help. But then I started to think like if someone was like in a swimming pool or they were at the beach and they were drowning, what would be the first thing that they would do? They would ask for help. And so a lot of times we're in those situations. We might not be physically in uh, at the beach or at a swimming pool or somewhere and we're drowning, but we're drowning and we don't see it and we are afraid to ask for help. But it's amazing when you are able to ask for help, how the Lord just releases all that tension, all that that you had weighing on your shoulders to be like, I'm here and we're all here for each other so that when someone does reach out and say, hey, I need help, you know, maybe I'm not the one who can help you, but I know someone who is a great resource who is able to help you. And so that's why, um, not to plug in groups, but come on, I am the come group's on. director. <laughs> come on. But that, that's one of the reasons why we do have groups and you are able to get there and you're able to connect with people and so that people can help you. And a lot of times the Lord might lay you on some someone's heart and they might come to you and say I've had that done to me before where someone's like you know the Lord's really laid you on my heart to pray for you is there something that's going on and it's like this is what this and this and that so he knows but if we don't ask a lot of times then we sit there and we drown and that's the last thing is that we want is for you to come here and to be with us and you're drowning and you need help no matter what it is no matter what it is if you need help please ask Mine is a little bit different than asking for help. Um, I think there's there's times where sometimes we just need to help ourselves. Um, and one of the things that uh, that I believe is really important is uh, Proverbs 18:21 says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue." So just being mindful of the things that you're speaking. Um, I am statements have have changed my life. Of just saying, "I am love," like I am. Uh, I am God's masterpiece. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Like speaking those things all over all over your life are things that um, they're scriptural things that uh, you can come into agreement with, and they can really change your life. Come on, very good. Can we give the Lord a round of applause today? Come on.